It is time for a new seminar, getting some expert analysis on some of these interesting uh, issues of the week. We're pleased to be joined from Hongik University College of Law, Professor Choi Young here in the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning. Well, um, normally in this time, we would probably be getting your um, hot takes as a pundit on the upcoming uh, mayoral elections and see who you, but I'm sure other shows have it, done it, that for you, well right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Been, been there, done that for you, Professor Joe. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk about something a little bit different, and that is uh, current account surplus. Normally, we think of that as semiconductors and widgets and automobiles and, 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 and the flow of goods and trades and services in Korea, um, I, I suppose, essentially selling more than, than, they, than they buy. We're going to talk about it specifically with cultural and artistic, and namely with copyright content or IP. And you're going to talk about how this is quite significant, but also some nuances on the uh, topic Um First, start us off, I guess you and I are both old enough to remember a time when Korea was sort of a a wild west in terms of um, content consumption. And even today, we have things like WebHard, where people uh, use these services or other means to procure content, maybe not um, in the most, um, how how do we say, in in the most... um, uh, legal yeah, manner <laughs> towards ways of doing so. But uh, that aside, uh, Korea has certainly come a long way, right? Sure, certainly. Uh, this piece of news caught my eye uh, precisely because I remember a time when Korea used to be known and called as a pirate nation and mm. uh, we didn't really respect intellectual property as such. Um, and, and so it's really a significant milestone, but there's really a lot more uh, behind the story than just the head, what the headline says. Okay. So we have known uh, since what second quarter last year that we were actually starting to make a surplus mm-hmm. on um, copyright content trade, meaning that we are exporting more copyright content uh, than importing. Mm. Now, we had been making a trade surplus in copyright area previously, but only in the games uh, software industries. Mm. Mm. And so it's the first time that we've actually made a trade surplus, i.e. we've sold more um, artistic and cultural content abroad than we have imported. And given the massive amount of you know, Netflix content that, that we consume and other sort of you know, type of yeah. platform um, entertainment stuff. It's actually remarkable. And I think um, a lot of thanks has to go to BTS and uh, right. other uh, such groups. But how was it possible that we actually turned from a pirate nation to a, a um, you know, cultural content exporting nation? And so that's really the interesting part. And also... Although we are celebrating the fact that we are, you know, we've recorded this uh, trade surplus in cultural content area, in terms of overall intellectual property, we're still running a huge Mm. deficit. um, And that's because we pay massive amounts of royalties uh, for patented technology from abroad uh, particularly from Japan, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, technology that we use in our key industries, including you know um, screen uh, manufacturing and all of that, that really comes from uh, Japan, much as we don't really want to admit it. And so it really shows where we uh, still need a lot of work to do to um, you know foster our uh, foundational research and and technologies. Yeah, I mean we we talk about those things, and they really came to the public uh, awareness. Uh, in regards to the uh, trade dispute that Japan unilaterally slapped among us because they were angry about that uh, uh, court ruling on forced time, uh, forced wartime labor, and uh, those 
key etching gas and all these obscure little factors, but very key to doing things like producing semiconductors uh, for chips Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. uh, we rely on that kind of technology from Japan and that uh, surprisingly we run a constant uh, big trade deficit Mm. with a country like them. That's right. But it's not as sexy as BTS or Blackpink's new documentary being released on Netflix. And so I think the mind share is that, wow, Mm. Korea has a lot of uh, Mm. uh, IP under its Mm. disposal. But but But, talk about In terms of the absolute amounts, it's actually really minuscule compared to patented uh, technology. So when we're talking about intellectual property, as the name says, It's property that's intellectual, so it actually doesn't have any physical form Mm. to it. So we're talking about things like patents, trademarks, um, uh, copyright. And so these are things, because you can't actually possess it physically, it's difficult to protect. And you really need a set of systems and laws and norms and also, uh, you know, a certain type of um, attitude uh, by the people to actually be able to protect it. If we take it for granted that, yes, it's okay to download movie from the internet, then, you know, it's actually taken as as the norm to uh, essentially do illegal content downloading. So we need to also change people's attitude about how they consume content. But, you know, it's not just us who uh, were pirate nations. Basically, all nations who weren't initially content producers were pirate nations. Mm. So America, for example, at the turn of the century, they were the biggest pirate nation of them all. Mm. So Charles Dickens, uh, the, the, the famous classic author, he was a best-selling author on both side of, sides of the Atlantic, but he never saw a cent from uh, his book sales in America because uh, the USA back then did not recognize foreigners' copyright. It's the same way that we didn't recognize foreigners' copyright in the 60s and 70s. And it was only um, in 1986, after much pressure, trade pressure from the US, that we finally amended Mm. our copy laws wholesale, uh, copyright laws wholesale, and started to protect uh, foreigners' copyright. And so initially, uh, the reason why um, they left out foreigner copyright was twofold. First of all, you know, people knew that we were not exporting, co- but importing more content. So we didn't really have the money back then to ex- even pay the royalties. Right. But they thought by protecting uh, domestic um, content producers' copyright, they would be able to protect the industry and help them grow better. But what happened was because the radio stations and television stations didn't have to pay for foreign copyright content, they would play all day long foreign pop songs rather than domestic songs, right? So it actually had the opposite effect. So um, very often policies that government craft to uh, try to, you know, um, obtain certain result in in fact, end up having the opposite result or unintended you know, side effects. And so how did we turn from a pirate nation to a copyright exporting nation? There is this kind of urban legend that um, back in the days when Kim Young-sam administration um, was in power, we had the very first um, of Jurassic Park movies released. Mm-hmm. And it was the first movie that actually... Um, generated something like $1 billion in terms of Mm. revenue Mm -hmm. worldwide. Now, um, that was more than what Hyundai Motors were making in terms of car sales Mm. uh, in a year. And so when President Kim uh, 
you know, heard this report, he decided, okay, we are going to have to really uh, develop and foster our cultural industries. And so they put, um, you know, this was a very government-led, dirigist kind of effort, uh, putting a lot of effort in, and investment into uh, developing uh, culture, cultural content, um, books, music, movies, drama. And as a result of that, we actually started to have this K-wave in terms of uh, television dramas and, and so forth um, from the 90s. I still still remember when I was working overseas and my um, particularly Southeast Asian friends would be telling me, oh, I watched this, you know, Daejanggum last night. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. much fun and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. that whole um, Winter Sonata, Yonsama phase where it was kind of in first kind of i think kind of recognized by koreans wow this this kind of content is compelling to people outside of our country right as well particularly japan mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. and southeast asia mm-hmm. and we started seeing uh, kind of that bigger kind of uh, influence and kind of uh, encouragement to keep k- trying to get that kind of content uh, more appealing to overseas listeners but that mindset of still being a pirate nation i think it, it of a certain generation it was just sort of kind of par for the course it it reminds me of this one anecdote I don't know if you remember but at that time um, during the MB administration it was uh, I believe when uh, Jung Woon-chan was the prime minister Mm -hmm. and he was asked about some some question and then uh, it was when Avatar was the biggest movie and then it was like oh "Oh, yeah yeah, I I, I enjoyed Avatar I watched that at home last night and then everyone's just like wait it wasn't even (laughs) out it wasn't even released so how did you watch it at home and it was obviously you know like almost millions of others they had some access to at that time web hard or whatever right, right program right. to to download the content. So yes. it was just a funny anecdote that yeah. you know even the high ranking officials still you know for them it wasn't really considered to be a big deal to respect intellectual property. But right. now certainly that that has changed. Sure, you know there is even um, this saying attributed to Confucius that stealing a book is an elegant offense. Mm. So when you are essentially copying. Um, this kind of intellectual creation and, and you are, you know, modeling yourself on somebody else, that's like a kind of a compliment <laughs> to mm. the person who's been mm. copied or the content that's been copied. Yeah, we like this and so much that we went to the effort to actually steal right, it from exactly. you, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, particularly when it comes to this kind of yeah, uh, intellectual endeavors, uh, they, they don't really, I mean, I think the sense was that it's not like you're stealing something, right? You are just simply copying it. And so right. that comes brings us to another characteristic of intellectual property, which is that in terms of um, the the features of a property, it's more like a public good in the sense that it's very difficult to exclude other people from using it once you've released it to the world. So once a copy of book is out there in the world, it's so easy for people to be able to uh, take it and copy it and uh, and distribute it uh, themselves, um, particularly with digital technology, and uh, what that what enables that you know is the fact that um, you and I can enjoy you know one book at the same time. It's not like a like this you know physical pen where if I have possession of it, only I can use it uh, at the same time. Whereas with the book, if I can make a copy of it, which is simple to do, you and I can both, you know, read right. it. Especially at the same a digitized time. copy. Especially of it, right? a digitized copy. And so this is why uh, the laws are having really difficult time keeping up with the uh, the various ways that have sprung up to, you know, um, copy and distribute this kind of uh, content um, on on the on the internet and and other 
elsewhere. And so we, the basics of the copyright laws that we currently have were, you know, drafted back in the 1700s mm. um, when, you know, printing technology was the new thing, right? And so we are still struggling to be able to actually um, be able to protect this kind of content. And now that we've become an, a content exporting nation, we are urging other countries mm. to strengthen their laws to be able to protect this kind of cultural content better, you know, strengthen your copyright laws, uh, you know, Im- increase the punishment for people who illegally download stuff and, and so on and so forth. But it's so difficult to uh, control it. So I think unless we come up with some sort of, you know, really clever technological you know, solution to this, perhaps using, um, you know, um, blockchain type of technology right. to you know uh, watermark every piece of content that you can have i think it will be very difficult to um, make sure that you know all the content that's being enjoyed is actually legal and another thing that we see from this kind of uh, technological rev- revolution and evolution is that um, the artists themselves are benefiting more but at the same time they're actually um, also being cut out more. So in the past, when you had, let's say, if a CD was sold, you know, 10% of it would go to the artist. But now with streaming, the platform uh, companies are essentially acting as the big middleman and the proportion that goes back to the artists themselves are becoming, you know, ever smaller and smaller. And so there is a real big question as to, you know, is this model really supporting and helping the creators themselves? Because the main purpose of copyright law, I mean, it depends on whether you are from European countries or Anglo-American sort of system, but the main one of the main purpose is to encourage and develop uh, creation by providing them with just and proper reward. And there is really a big question as to is this system actually doing that? The So on the one hand, there are certainly a lot of um, challenges and concerns ahead with protecting Korean cultural uh, intellectual property. And uh, it is also indicative that uh, perhaps that decision, and I don't know if we fully credit the Kim Young-sam administration with the sure. whole Jurassic Park yeah. um, episode, but this focus on cultural content as uh, being a key driver probably ended up being prescient because IP, intellectual property as a whole of cu- cultural um, goods, is such a huge business now. If we just even look at, let's say, the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just constantly re-churning these mm-hmm. old stories that a lot of people may have forgotten from years back, uh, but has been kind of revitalized, whether it's, let's say, the Harry Potter intellectual property stuff or any of these other things, the Star Wars franchise, these musics. Um, and so to, to have that kind of... Um, collection of IP mm-hmm. really is a huge advantage going forward. Mm. But you did say that, that being said, the mm. big money is mm. still in that non-sexy stuff, right? Oh, a- absolutely. So um, what you say is uh, completely correct. So it's huge business uh, intellectual property. But what we are talking about, the entertainment industry, is really literally a fraction yeah. of uh, all the the, the patents and yeah. other technological uh, type of um, IP that's protected. Even the games industry, patents. although, yes, you said, Even the games that dwarfs industry, the entertainment industry. In, in fact, uh, games industry is uh, even bigger than movies or music 
um, possibly combined. Right, right. And uh, the reason why, how, why we've been able to generate surplus in IP content industry even before we started to generate a surplus in the, in the entertainment sort of content was because we were doing such good business in, in games. And when you think about it, the marginal cost of um, reproducing a, a piece of IP content is actually almost close to zero, mm, particularly mm. in dig- digital right, content. So, right. um, you know, for a game uh, a company, the, the profit from selling the second piece, you know, a set of games after you've developed the first set is literally 99%, right? So um, no wonder they have like huge profit margins. But having said all of that, it really pales in comparison to um, the technologies that we are still uh, importing from abroad, particularly in, um, you know, things that we simply can't do without our hand hand phones, for example, mobile phones. Um, An average mobile phone would have something like 400 different patents covering various technologies that are used in it. Um, And for a lot of those uh, pioneering inventions. So uh, in a particular industry, if you have a, a fundamental invention that kind of sets the, the foundation for the rest of the development that follows, um, you know, whether it be communications technology or whether it be, you know, uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever, um, those inventions are the really key money drivers. Um, and that's where we are still paying, you know, massive amounts of uh, royalties to uh, foreign companies. Um, I've to American companies, to German companies, to uh, Japan, Japanese companies. And every year, you know, when we have like the Nobel Prize award um, season rolls yeah. up, we are Everyone's always lamenting the about idea. the fact well, and that... And Japan has <laughs> yes. like eight Nobel laureates and we yes. have zero. And, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and we forget, I mean, we don't talk about the fact that Japan... Um, and other nations that I've mentioned have had such a long history of uh, really investing heavily in basic technology. Um, So Germany's Max Planck Institute, for example, has nearly a century of history, um, as do the Japanese, uh, you know, famous research institutes and the Bell Labs, um, et cetera, et cetera. And whereas we, uh, the policies of our ministries, it's basically kind of, you know, five-year driven. So it changes from administration to administration. And we require our our scientists to do so much paperwork. Mm. (laughs) And um, because the justification is, well, this is all taxpayers' money, so we have to account for how it's all spent. But when we look at, you know, um, the the public companies like LH uh, misusing, um, you know, um, p- information that really should be sort of uh, kept for the, the public good. And at, on the other hand, we are sort of um, making our scientists accountable for every single one that's spent. I'm not saying don't make them accountable, but they're trying to control too much of the direction of the research and not give them enough freedom. And so what we really should be doing is say, okay, we are going going to give you this chunk of money and five years later or whatever uh, time period, we are, we want to see results. And if not, then we are going to, you are going to take accountability for that. Mm. But we don't do that. We basically try to, um, you know, micromanage what they do, how they do it and what they spend money on. And that's really not the way to foster uh, basic research. Yeah. And so that is a key point here. It's great to be maybe uh, known for having the best boy bands and um, creating great movies and dramas and having that content that is enjoyed by millions. And I think that mind share, that, that growing mind share that Korea is a cool country that produces cool content, that's certainly a 
very beneficial thing Completely, in terms of that so-called soft the, power. Exactly, yes. But and, at the and, same time, mm-hmm. if you have a Samsung phone, you know, how much money are they paying to Qualcomm for the Snapdragon chip, right? right. Or how much mm-hmm. are they paying ARM for licensing that kind of technology? It's All of that adds up in the long term, and you hope that there'll be some more innovation uh, coming from the Korean side eventually. Th- that's, that's exactly right. So uh, I'm saying while we celebrate the fact that we are running a trade surplus in this particular area, we should keep that in perspective and realize that, you know, in terms of the whole IP industry, we still, still have a long way to go. Yeah. And uh, we always appreciate those insights uh, by Professor Cho, who I know is a uh, very uh, full and dutiful paying um, member of Netflix. And she gets all of that content <laughs> very much above board, as we all should do, as uh, all members of the media and people who produce content. <laughs> so we thank you very much uh, uh, for those insights and obviously, again, for uh, bringing these uh, issues to our attention. Thank you. We're going to take another short break. Coming up in part four of the program, we're going to get an assessment on the Seoul and Busan mayoral races, uh, TM views with Professor Song Se-ryan. That is going to be up ahead, so stay tuned for all of that. Also, TM future up ahead for new technologies. Taking us there is our final check of traffic and weather.